Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. The big thing for, for all of us is, is building off of last week's division win. And it makes it easier to have the belief in your players and coaches to be able to bounce back. It's led to making the decision to move with Justin as a starter. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. Where is he with what he's doing as an NFL quarterback? Do we feel comfortable with him? Obviously we do. And now, now we got to move forward with it. And you're right, it is a, a, a big decision, but we feel very good about it. Field sets up deep in the pocket with time. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. All sisters are go. Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation podcast. Come on, fucker. Let's get it on. Bears Nation podcast, Wednesday, October 6th, 2021. And our longtime national nightmare has finally ended. Justin Fields has officially been named the starter of the Chicago Bears, despite Andy Dalton logging a full practice today on Wednesday. Justin Fields is, quote, the starter going forward. It's over. Justin Fields has been released from purgatory. He is the starter, unquestionably. He is QB1. Andy Dalton is QB2. And Nick Foles is QB3. Matt Nagy announced that this morning in a press conference, just a mere 48 hours after reiterating, after doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down that Andy Dalton would be the starter if he was healthy. 48 hours later, Justin Fields is QB1, and we have him for the rest of the season, Kevin. And the vibe around Chicago is pretty good right now. I mean, you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling a lot better about this Bears team, and you're certainly feeling better about the game going in against the Raiders on Sunday afternoon. You're feeling great because last episode two, Jake, you asked me, what was it going to take for me to be legitimately worried that Andy Dolan would be the starter? And my answer was a full participant in practice. That's what was going to worry me about him being the starter. So the fact that he is a full participant in practice and the fact that Justin Fields was still named the starter means the whole injury thing is gone. This is purely a who's the better quarterback decision. This isn't because Andy's not healthy enough. You can you can wipe all that away. There, there's mm-hmm. no debate. There's no ambiguity anymore. Justin Fields is your starter going forward. Let's move. Let's roll. Let's ride. That that's what you have. And and this is uh, it's very very refreshing. It's refreshing for us. It's refreshing for the beat reporters who have to talk about this every week. It's refreshing for the team. It's refreshing for the players. And it's refreshing for Justin Fields to finally know. Okay, my coach has confidence in me. This is what's happening. This is what we're doing going forward. It's time to freaking roll. So it's I I to, to be quite honest, when I tuned in the press conference at, at 12 p.m. today, I, I didn't expect it. I really didn't. Yeah. I, I was thinking this, he's going to say, you know what, we're going to wait on the health. We're going to see game time decision. And I still had, you know, part of my brain thought Andy Dalton could be the starter against the Las Vegas Raiders. Surely thought that could have been the case. Um, I'm glad he had the, I don't, I don't know what it was, ambition. I don't know what changed, but I'm glad it finally happened. Something must have clicked. He must have realized that. It's now like this is what's going to save him his job. And a little it might have been uh, a little bit too late, you know, a little bit too late on it. But he, he recognized that this is what's best for the team. This is what's best for the organization, what's best for him and, and his job going forward. Yeah. I mean, we've been saying all along that Matt Nagy would keep his job or his job hinged on Justin Fields because Justin Fields gave you the best chance to win. And obviously, winning gives you a better chance to win. And so you're at 500. <laughs> Did I just say winning gives you a better chance to win? Yep. Winning gives you a better chance to keep your job is what I meant to say. Hey. And, and so winning gives that. you a better chance to win. That's also true. I mean, technically, I guess that's correct. But no, I mean, if Matt Nagy gets back to the playoffs, his job is safe. And, and even if he just misses the playoffs, mm, yeah. he has a winning record. He, his job is probably safe as long as Justin Fields shows adequate development. Probably. I, I won't bank on that because obviously Justin Herbert looks great last year and he's his coach still got fired. So who knows? But Matt Nagy knows that Justin Fields is the best avenue and is the best road to getting back to the playoffs. Makes your team better, as yeah. you've said. So, yeah, I don't know if this was coming to his senses more so than it was necessarily Monday happened. He said, yeah, and he's the starter if he's healthy. And you got to figure somebody spoke up. I mean, you have to, right? 
Matt Nagy's ego is too big to just wake up and say, actually, you know what? I have to go back in this. I was wrong. And, and basically, you could switch, strip away most of that sentence. Matt Nagy's ego is too big for him to admit that he was wrong. So there had to be some outside source here. Somebody must have, Bill Lazor, some players, maybe both. Somebody had to have spoken up. So I'll start with Bill Lazor because I said, remember I said this when, when I predicted that Bill Lazor would become the play caller, I also said, look, Bill, Bill is going to, to have some sort of say in who he wants to have running his offense because we saw it in 2020. This happened with Mitch Trubisky. When Lazor started calling plays the game after that happened, he, they switched to Mitch Trubisky. And the re the reason why I partially believe this as well is think of the context and other words that, that Nagy used when he talked about switching the quarterback. He said, Based off of the conversations we've had internally as a staff and just, uh, you know, about how all this collaboration within the coach's office affected play calling. Well, well it makes sense. It makes sense that, you know, that that language was used internally. It, it, it's, it's you know, we had these conversations. So what makes me like, I don't know if I'm looking too far into the language, but that tells me that after having internal conversations, after going with this uh, with laser as a play caller, Laser had heavy influence on this decision on, look, I want to run this offense with Justin Fields. I don't want to run this offense with Andy Dalton. That's what we're going to do. And, and boom, and those internal conversations must have had an effect on Matt Nagy. There's that conversation, Jake, or there's the idea that, and I, I, I am reluctant to believe this because of the lack of football knowledge in the front office, but Ted Phillips or George McCaskey or even Ryan Pace saying, look, if you don't start him now, you're you're gone. You're gone. You got to make the move. Someone from up top. So I'll ask you, what more luck that did that influence come more the front office, that being George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, Ryan Pace, one of the three, all of the three, or internally Bill Lazor, John D. Philip, the guys in the coach's office? I have to believe it was within the coach's office. I mean, you know my disdain for that big fat stooge, Ted Phillips. You know my disdain for the higher ups and how personally, and I know a lot of people are with me on this, believe that the Bears and their high ups, the McCaskies, don't really care about winning. They care about their bottom right. line. And as long as those tickets get sold and as long as you know those concessions get sold, and obviously Justin Field sells more tickets. He puts yeah. asses in the seats. But you know, with this Arlington Heights deal and everything, I, I'm not inclined to believe that they're focused on the product on the football field. So I got to think it came from the coaching staff and, and possibly players as well, because, yeah. you know, I, you, all you have to do is look at the quotes from some of the players, you know, from last week, you know, Robert Quinn had a quote that, Oh my God, we scored a touchdown. We scored first. And he said he was jumping around on the sideline. Like, I don't think Robert Quinn is alone in that assessment and in that feeling. So I think it came from more of a ground level, which is to say more on the field and on the football actually within the team. So, yeah, I, I mean, a long way of saying, yeah, I think it was the coaches. I think it was laser. I think it was the players. I think it was, Hey, like, come on, man. Like this is, this is ridiculous at this point. And, and Nagy has prided himself since 2018 on being that player's coach and, and talking about the culture and building the culture and maintaining the culture. And maybe he came to a realization finally that the culture that he had once built is being ruined by this decision. Sure. You know, we knew that from the start and we people from the outside knew that. But maybe he started to internally finally feel that once he saw the difference in the way the team played and the way the team reacted with Justin Fields under center versus with Andy Dalton under center. Maybe he noticed that difference and he thought, OK, this culture, the just the team is better as a whole, you know, in that aspect with Justin's in the starter. And again, the reason why I hone in on that and, and the winning as well is because those are the things that are going to keep him around if that were to happen. You know, the, the, the him being a play caller and his offense statistics, that can all be thrown out the window. That can nearly be forgotten about by the time January rolls around and you have to make a decision on Matt Nagy. You are going to pinpoint the record of this year and the years past. You're going to pinpoint whether they made the playoffs. You're going to pinpoint the culture. Are guys happy? Is there a good relationship between the coach and the players? Is the locker room in a good space? Those are all the checkpoints because at this point, we know the offense was terrible last year and years past, and they kept them around after 2020. So that tells me enough to know that those things don't matter when deciding whether he's going to stay around. So he finally, I believe, recognized winning is what matters as far as saying my job. Culture is what matters as far as saying my job. Justin Fields gives me the best opportunity to do both of those things. That's why I'm doing that. Yeah, I also think that it might have been 
as the film, because, you know, Kevin Fishbane does an article on The Athletic every week of the All-22 and going through the All-22 angles and evaluating the performance and specifically the quarterback usually. And that came out, that article came out today. So maybe mm-hmm. it's just as simple as they watched the All-22, they watched the rest of their film, and and it could have been an, uh, it, all the coaches saying, hey, Matt, like, look at this. Like, we can't do this with Andy. We can, you know, we can build off this yeah. and that with Justin. So it could have been yeah. that. Um, so I guess that still goes back to it being, you know, other people intervening on the coaching staff and from the players. But yeah, I mean, end of the day, we're where you wanted to be. We knew it would happen eventually. It was just a matter of how soon. We're finally here. We are finally yep. through this whole Andy Dalton infatuation. Credit to Andy Dalton. Justin Fields said that Andy Dalton called him and said, like, hey, I got your back. There's no change in our relationship. Anything you need, I'm here to your sounding board, whatever you need. Credit to Andy Dalton. I mean, plays two games, gets hurt, goes out and gets his job taken. You know, he got Wally pipped. but And that's never an, an easy situation. And, of course, you've been here. You've been hearing how everyone wants Justin Fields and – you know, you don't really have the entire support of the fan base behind you, but I mean, credit to him just still being a stand-up guy. No, I mean, major credit to Andy Dalton. I mean, we we've said on the show for a while, great guy, great dude, great mentor, and that's his role now is to continue to mentor Justin Fields, continue to be a support system for him, and help him out when things get rough, which they may during a rookie season. Uh, you know, which they will. You know, it's almost it's almost guaranteed to happen. Uh, we already saw it happening in Cleveland. So as long as he's there as that support system and he's going to be there, then he serves value to some capacity to this team. I know Bears fans, too, have been donating to his charity. That's been freaking awesome. Uh, so you guys should donate to that, it, it, you know, because he's a great guy. And, you know, he doesn't really deserve. Again, we've talked about how all of the quote-unquote slander and disrespect he has gotten has been basically Matt Nagy's fault for putting him in that position. You know, it's not his fault. It's not the guy's freaking fault for being out there uh, those first two weeks and stuff. So all respect to Andy, but as far as what this does for the team going forward, like now you can really start to think about, you know, the, the future of this team, not just in 2022 and 2023 beyond, but in 2021. Like this, like this is a playoff contending team. There are seven teams in the playoffs this year. Yes, the NFC West is really good. They could. The Bears are either going to get in as the seventh seed or uh, winning the division. There, there's no mm-hmm. way they're getting five or six because there's really good teams in the West, and there's, you know, they could still win the division, but it's probably more likely they would get that seventh seed. But this is it. Like this is a team that can win football games now with Justin Fields, and it brings a different kind of element to your team. And I, going forward, like the way I'm going to evaluate these games is going to be different, knowing that Justin is the starter, knowing that this is yeah. the team that you have, and you feel a lot more confident about where you're at, especially game uh, one or not game one. Yeah. Game three of him being starter. Game one of him being like the official, official starter. You know, like the official quoted starter. You feel a lot more confident about going to Vegas with him. Yeah, you definitely do, especially after the beat down the Raiders took at the hands of the Chargers. Uh, yep. Just the other night, but also, I mean, to that point, this next stretch is going to make or break your season. I mean, you say this is a playoff team. We're about to find out because you have the Raiders, who have a really good offense and have looked like a really good team. They do. Yeah. So, so you have them. Uh, on Sunday afternoon, then you have the Packers at home, then you go to Tampa, then you have the Niners at home, then you have mm-hmm. the Steelers in Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football, then you ho- host the Raiders, then you have the Lions. You probably but not the Raiders. Who do they host? Or the Ravens. The Ravens. Ravens. Okay. Then you have the Lions in Detroit, which I mean, you probably win that game. But then you have the Cardinals and the Packers again, and before you close out with the Vikings, Seahawks, Giants, Vikings again. So this next stretch, I mean. Granted, this is most of the season, but even next this, next, but even the next, I mean, I would even go so far as to say the next six, I mean, Pittsburgh, I know they're not as good as, you know, we thought they would, but they're still a good defense. TJ Watts, still an elite defensive player. Mike Tomlin's still an elite coach and Pittsburgh's still a tough place to play. And the sure. Ravens are a playoff team. So sure. the next six even are, are going to be a really a measuring stick and we're going to find out a lot about this team because you're going up against playoff caliber teams. So, and the Packers being one of those, and that's going to be a statement game and that's in two weeks. 
Yeah, that that's true. And and they do get lucky in those next four. And what I mean by that is like they get to play San Francisco at home. San Francisco's only two and two. They haven't impressed that much. You get to play Green Bay at home, you know, versus if those two games are away. Yeah, you got to go to Tampa Bay. That might be a loss. But, you know, they, they, they might have Tampa Bay figured out based off what we saw last year. You know what I mean? They might have uh, Brady figured out. But they do get lucky with that schedule. But it's still, I think at this point, it's one game at a time. Let's go one game at a time here. And the focus now is, is looking at, okay, you play the Las Vegas Raiders. How can you beat them? And then you look at the mm-hmm. Packers who played the Cincinnati Bengals who are three and one and the Packers don't have Jair Alexander Alexander this week. Uh, and maybe for a few weeks might get surgery on that AC joint. But um, so one game at a time. So let's look at Vegas here. All right. You're, you're trying out to Vegas and, you know, people are going to look at the record and look at the numbers offensively and think, oh, my God, Vegas, is a good football team, man. They're playing really well. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I would take first. You have to take a deeper look at the way they've won games and, and sort of what what they've been doing. Yes, they're three and one. Yes, Derek Carr leads the league in passing offense or in passing yards, and I think by a pretty healthy margin. But look at some of their two of their wins coming overtime. One against the Ravens and one of the wildest games of the year so mm-hmm. far. A back and forth affair in the fourth fourth quarter overtime, big plays, all that. And then you take the Dolphins to overtime. And then you win. Uh, was I forget the other game that they won another game pretty handily. But then they lost. They got exposed by the Chargers on Monday Night Football. This Raiders team should not intimidate anybody. Does not intimidate me. Does not intimidate probably most of the guys in that defense. Does not intimidate many people at all. I'm not scared, Jake. Are you? I mean that like looking at their team and the ways they've won. It, it hasn't been convincing enough for me to be worried the Las Vegas Raiders. So I was worried before. Justin Fields being named the starter. And I mean, I'm, I still might be a little <laughs> bit worried based on who's the play caller. I mean, Matt Nagy didn't exactly confirm that laser. Stop still, it. He, but he's not going back. I agree. But also it's, you're going to have to put up points, you know, no matter what this defense and your defense is good, but we've seen them get gassed before. You have to keep the, you have to put up an offensive performance like you did probably better than you did against the lions. And so yeah, the, the Raiders are probably more slightly above average than like an elite playoff team. I still think they're an yeah. above average team. And, you know, you still have to go on the road, you know, which the Bears haven't looked great on the road this season. That's fair. So, you know, I, I'm not worried. I'm less worried than I was. I think this is a winnable game, but I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, you definitely have this in the bag. No. You're right. And going to Vegas is one of the harder places to play, too. You know, that, that has to be remembered as well in the new yeah. Allegiant Stadium and that, that fan base. They're wild. But the Bears also travel well. So, But, no, that is a factor. Doug Dyer in the chat, though, says, am I the only one that is now looking at our opposition secondaries from now on? And that's how I'll make my win decisions. Well, Doug, if you're doing that, let's take a look at the Las Vegas secondary. They're missing three of their cornerbacks, and all three of them got hurt on Monday Night Football. I don't I don't think any three of them are going to play. Uh, where is it? I have it written down. Damon Arnett. I know is out uh, with an injury. Trayvon Mullen is out and Nate Hobbs, three of their corners out. So they're still rocking with Casey Hayward Jr. Who's really good. And then the other guy can't remember his name, but this, this is a secondary. You have to take advantage of now you're missing three of your top corners. You have to go after Allen Robinson and Mooney and expose that secondary. I mean, they haven't been a great rush defense. They're allowing 132 rushing yards per game, but you know, with the amount of injuries they have in the secondary, Go after it and, and open it up. And we know Justin Fields is, is according to next-gen stats right now, the most aggressive quarterback in all of football, meaning he's looking for the big play. He's going downfield. The check down's open? No. We're going deep. He's going to take advantage of that injury uh, in that uh, hampered secondary in Vegas. I, I really think he will. There's, the thing is the, the play calling and what you do offensively is going to have to adjust. Like, this is going to be a big game where you show that you can make adjustments week to week because the Lions are bad. They have one of the worst defenses in the league. They're a bad team. So you can get away against the Lions. You can get away with going max protection and keeping seven blockers and keeping extra tight ends on the line to block and you know deflect the pass rush. Against the Raiders, you know, you're know you going to have to go. You can't just send just the wide receivers out on routes because – yeah, the Lions, even though some guys might be double covered, it's going to be soft coverage. It's, they're not going to be able to keep up with Darnell Mooney and Al Robinson. And yeah. yes, I know Justin Fields has an elite deep ball. And yeah, I know he made some really, really good passes that were basically perfect. So the thing is, though, you can't count on those perfect passes every time. This is a big week for the offense, for Bill Lazor to show the ability to make those adjustments week to week and situation to situation. So 
if I see that, I'll feel a lot better. But if you think you can get away with the same things you did against the Lions, that you that if you could get away with the same things against the Raiders that you did with the Lions, then I'm not going to feel great about that because they are different teams and they're, it's a step up. It's a step up from the bottom of the barrel where the Lions lay. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it is. But still, yes, yes. Okay, there's fairness to that. But the thing, you so you talk about, you know, ha- having to score points and having to do it and having to prove that. Well, first of all, you have to prove it in the first half because this Raiders team has been abysmal in the first half and they've been very, very good in the second half. They're like sixth in the league, I think, in points scored in the second half with 15.2. I think they've been, I'm pretty sure they said this on Monday Night Football. I have to double check on it. They've been down 14 plus points in three out of the four games, and they've won two of the games. They've been down 14 plus points. They lost against the Chargers when they were down 14. They're going to need to get off to a hot start and make it an insurmountable lead because this Raiders team has a knack for going down early but clawing back. So you got to get up big like the Chargers did in the first half, get up to a 21 to 7 lead, 21 0 lead, and then hold that. So what I would advise too, though, is like, okay, let's say we do see it in the first half we score 21-0 you know don't and I don't know if Bill Lazor has has done this in the past I'm trying to think of some of the games that he called I don't I don't think he has but don't take that foot off the gas pedal because we know traditionally in the very few times that Matt Nagy had gotten off to a large lead in his time in Chicago he would take his foot off the gas pedal and he did that in Kansas City as well when he was the offensive coordinator if you're going to go up big against this Las Vegas Raiders team at home where the momentum can change extremely quickly you need to keep that foot on the gas pedal after halftime don't go trotting into the locker room if you're up thinking okay this game's on lock we're up 14 we're up 10 whatever you know with a great defense yeah you you feel good of where you're at with this team and what you have if you go up big at halftime but because of what this team has done throughout the year you have to go off in the second half as well you have to keep that foot on the gas pedal so big lead and then keep it rocking after that that's the formula no, I mean, and obviously it's always, you know, obviously opening the game scoring and, you know, setting a tone early is always, you know, the ideal situation you want to be in. a little easier said than done. But again, I mean, I just, you have to show that you can make the week to week adjustments and you could, and also you need this offensive line to play well again. Like you need to, they need to show that they can still be an at least average unit again, like it's the lions. So I'm not willing to put too much weight on that win. And from what I saw, but if you can stack these developments and you can stack good games, then by the end of the season, you're feeling good. And you're feeling like you can beat some of these higher caliber teams because you have these five, six, however many weeks in a row where you've played well. So, yeah, I mean that and setting the tone early, like you said, if you can, if you could take the lead early, like you did against the lions, you're in the driver's seat right away. Yeah. You're 100% in the driver's seat. And look at this uh, Vegas defense as well. They have allowed 27 points in three out of four games. So this is like like I already mentioned the other stat. This is a vulnerable defense. You're going to be able to score points. And where does that happen? Yes, they've, they've been getting deep shots. But the Las Vegas red zone opponent red zone scoring percentage is 88.89%. 88. When, when opponents get into the red zone, they're allowing a touchdown 88.89% of the time. That's that's absurd. That's they're long points, not touching long points. Yeah. That that like you have to. So how does that happen? Okay, I just tweeted this, Jake. I said PSA: Jimmy Graham is more valuable to this offense than Cole Komet, and I will stand by that. I will stand by it. That was the case last year, and it becomes the case this year, especially with a rookie quarterback, because Justin Fields is extremely talented, but Jimmy Graham should be every rookie quarterback's dream. Once you get to the red zone, one-on-one on the outside, it doesn't even have to be a perfectly thrown ball. Put it up there in a place where you can come down and get it. And it's a touchdown. That should be, and I said this last week, one of the three plays you're running from inside the 20-yard line or inside the 15 or inside the 10 is a one-on-one fade to Jimmy Graham. I don't know why they haven't. It might be the worst start to Jimmy Graham's season in his career. He's not getting targeted. He needs to be targeted. He is more available to that offense. If you want to score touchdowns against the Raiders, they're allowing 88.89% red zone scoring percentage. Do it with Jimmy Graham. That is your easiest lock to score. Is it Jimmy Graham fade ball, Allen Robinson slant, or some sort of Justin Fields design run? Those are your three dynamite plays in the red zone. They have to utilize Jimmy Graham. But what do you think of that statement? Jimmy Graham more available to this offense than Cole Komet. It's a hot take, but... I, I, mean, I stand by it. Tell me how, like, tell me how else Kokomet's been valuable to the offense. I Even mean, Jimmy Graham hasn't well. been able to see the field this year. Yeah, so, but that's not his fault. I, I mean, it's yeah, not, I mean, they, they've both been nothing this year. So, 
I mean, that's on, you know, Bill Lazor to get them some action. But, I mean, there's part of it, it – I mean, there's a lot of that in what you said is true. Like, yeah, Jimmy Graham is, should be a great option for a rookie quarterback, a, a nice safety blanket. Um, is Jimmy Graham currently, as of today, you know, October 6th, Wednesday, 2021, right now more valuable to this Bears team? Yeah, probably. But long-term, you need to get Cole Komet these reps. You can you cannot have another second-round tight end just go by the wayside and go to waste. You can't. So you like, if you're asking me, would I rather the reps go to Jimmy Graham or Cole Komet? Well, Cole yeah. Komet. But I mean, yes, you need to utilize Jimmy Graham because that is a weapon. That is something that you're neglecting to use and you need to use all of your weapons because this is the bears offense and there aren't a ton of them to come by. I just, I, I think Jimmy Graham's allergic to dropping the football. Like when was the last time Jimmy Graham dropped the football? And, and they, like the one play that sticks out to me too from this year is that play they ran. I think against, was it against LA? That little 10 yard. Yeah, it was against LA. Like 10 yard fade route. It wasn't to the end zone. They're in the red zone, I think. And they, they just targeted uh, Jimmy Graham one-on-one with Jalen Ramsey. And he was blanketed and he just came down with it easy. Like, I don't know. I, again, and those are, these are all things that are, are pen that that could change that are pending to change. Right. Whether you know, based off of what we see from Bill Lazor and the more we see from that, but to me, like the the importance for this team going for, like we know that this offense can be effective and has been ineffective as well with Cole Komet in there. He's not an influential piece of the offense. They're not. He's not the reason they're not going to score thirty points. One like if he has a bad game, the Bears aren't you know fluid on offense. That's never been the case. That's not the point. So where does the value come then? If that's the situation, if he's not you know moving you from the twenty to the twenty, it comes from inside the twenty. It comes from twenty to the end zone. And if that's where your value is for tight ends, which normally it is. Then it's Jimmy Graham. So that that's my line of thinking. And just I just wanted to pair that with that Vegas stat because Bears should be able to get into the red zone. They will. They did last week. And last week they chose to run. Maybe they don't get the running opportunities as much this week. Maybe they don't want to do it as much with Damian Williams, uh, you know, versus uh, had it been Dave Montgomery. So if they're going to go to the pass in the red zone, you have to go after Jimmy Graham. You have to target those big, big receivers against their, you know, smaller corners and, and use that size advantage to your advantage. So speaking of which, do we think there's going to be more of a passing element this week because Montgomery's out? So for those of you who don't know, David Montgomery's out four to five weeks, so he's out at least a month. And, you know, he's expected to be back, which is huge because that knee injury looked really bad at the time. And, you know, we've talked about how Damian Williams is more than a capable backup. But, I mean, do you think they still try to ground and pound as much? Because, I mean, Damian Williams, I think he's good. I think he's going to keep your, you know, do more than a fine job. But David Montgomery, we've seen, doesn't go down on first contact, just drags guys with him, has been better about his speed as far as breaking off some of these longer runs. You know, Damian Williams, you know, he's not as strong, I guess would be the word for it. He's not as, you know, I don't know. He's not He's not a star yeah, like David yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just wondering, and this is, might be just part of a confidence thing with Justin too. Maybe now you're a little more comfortable with him after that showing against the lions and you feel like you can do more with them. But do we think there's going to be more of a balanced element to this game? I think there has to be right. Well, I don't think Damian Williams is going to get 23 carries. I mean, that's what Dave Montgomery got last week. I don't think he's going to get 23. I think you will see more balance. I mean, Justin Fields threw the ball only 17 times against mm -hmm. Detroit. So you're definitely, you'll, I, I would say you'll see over 30 uh, pass attempts and you'll see probably around 30? 25. Yeah. I, I would say so. Again, I meant I told you I told you what's going on with, uh you know, the, the secondary of the Raiders as well. You can expose them a little bit and their linebackers are our old friend Nick Kwiatkowski. I mean, they're nothing special as well. You can open some things up underneath as well. So they're going to pass the ball 30 times. I think, you know, third game with Justin Fields acclimated. He's ready to go. He's he's watching film with his dog Uno instead of going out to dinner with his parents. Uh, he, He's he's ready to rock. But I don't know if I believe that that I don't I believe it, but. Go to dinner with your parents. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's a good like, quote, but what do you? I know she wouldn't lie about that. I don't know, man. Like, he I don't lie. know. I don't think he'd lie, I, but I, I think there might have been a little bit of fibbing, like maybe a bit of fibbing. Like, like I, I believe that, like, because then he, what he say? His parents went out and celebrated without him. I don't know about all that. Like, that seems like a little bit of a, a stretch. Yeah, that part was yeah. I don't know. I, I I'll I'll believe it though because it sounds great because he's focused. No, it's on a the great quote. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a great quote. So we're gonna believe it's true. But to like I as much as I say, yeah, they're gonna throw thirty plus times. Don't don't like 
undermine the ability of this backfield with Damian Williams as well and with Khalil Herbert. And no, with, not uh, at all. No, and I mean, you're still going to have a very so. effective running game. Or you should. But, and, yeah. So, and this goes back to what we talked about on the postgame show, Jake. Okay, you, you're not as confident in what you have, and rightfully so. Sure, Damian Williams is a great filler, and he's you should pick him up on fantasy because he is going to mm-hmm. score you points. Justin Fields is that third runner or second runner. He is. I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer this in until he gets six designed runs a game, until he gets six rushes a game. Like he can be that third runner. He can be that third element, fourth element technically to this running back, you know, or to this rushing offense that you have. Utilize it. And maybe this is like the perfect timing to do that because you don't have Dave Montgomery. Now you can start to think about how to utilize Justin Fields in the running game. I think that's just something they're going to have to turn to, especially if early on they're not having as much success with Williams or Herbert. Uh, if they're not having a lot of success running with Herbert or Williams, I don't know if they're going to necessarily drop a bunch of plays for Justin Fields. You love this Justin Fields running narrative. You're I, you're obsessed with this designs runs for Justin Fields. I'm so obsessed, but do you do you understand why? Like do you understand I mean, why? Yeah, like- I, yeah, I get it because he's an athlete and he brings that element, but I mean, like I said on Monday, like you got to understand the situation. Like right now it's more important to have him get a rhythm as a passer. Yeah, but uh, yes, but you those things can happen simultaneously. They th- those things aren't mutually. But I'm just I, like if you're gonna focus on one, like you, the, if you were gonna focus on one, sure, yeah. But like you can do both. They can both exist at this. They can coexist. They, you know what I mean. So that like I, Jake, I'm just so envious of the Arizona Cardinals, and I'm so envious of you know the Baltimore Ravens and how much success they have. I mean, it's not just envious; it's the fact that it works and it's successful. And I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage of it. That's why. That's why I hammer it in is because this is you. You. You're leaving things on the table if you're not doing it. You know what I mean? Like you have, it's like you're playing with your toys and you're leaving out the one little toy. Like this is like you're leaving out the little red fire truck. Like this is something you can use that that is things going to take your offense to a different level and really add a different dynamic level to your offense. And you talk about the the, the ultimate impact of that. It's going to confuse the hell of the defense uh, at the end of it as well. They're not going to know what the hell is going on. Once you you know establish that design run, it's going to make linebackers' life a whole hell of a lot harder deciding whether they have to hold to that running back or, or, or go after and spy Justin Fields. You know what I mean? So that, that like, it, it has impacts further than just, you know, the, the rushing yards that he would be able to get from that. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I just look at it this way. I look at it as, as a bears fan on my 24 years on earth, I'm used to offensively all of the toys not being used and the entire meal that's being true. left on the table, as opposed to just some things being left on the table. So <laughs> I look at it this way. Like I'm willing to look at it. Okay. Baby steps. Like let's get in a rhythm. Okay. Let's get the passing game ready. Let's get the co- chemistry going. And then, you know, in two, three weeks, then we can start doing the fancy stuff. You know, let's get, let's just get the base set. Let's get every, let's get an offense set in general. And then we can start getting fancy with it. I'll I'll take, I'll take the, the adequate offense for right now. I'll take the adequate passing game for right now. I'll take the 15 plus the 20 plus yards attempts down the field. Then talking to me about the fancy, you know, the designed runs that open things up and, you know, tricking the linebackers. Just give me an offense first, and then we'll go from there. Okay, fine, Jake. <laughs> I, I know it's boring. I know. I know it's the worst really? thing. It's such a boring take, but I, I'm willing. As my, you know, I, I look back as a Bears fan. I'm just willing to take the basics right now, and then, yeah, then I'll take wait for that. Get. Yeah, we exactly. I'll take what I can get for now. And then we'll go from there. But, you know, this is a winnable game. And this is going to tell us a lot about the Bears. And this is going to tell us a lot as far as gauging this team and where they're at. And and I do hope we do see, you know, some fancier stuff. And I do hope we get, you know, you said over 30 plus t- uh, pass attempts. I would love that. And I just think it's a big jump from 20 to 30 plus, you know. And hopefully you have the ball enough to make that a reality. Uh, but, again, I'm just hoping to see, you know, a little more pizzazz, I guess a little bit more, you know, just as far as routes. And, and we saw with the deep routes, but you know, maybe send an extra, t- send a tight out tight end out on a route instead of having a both back for blocking, 
Maybe you okay. feel good about the offensive line against the Raiders pass rush. And you feel like you don't have to give Justin Fields that max protection, but we'll see. I, I mean, what's, I mean, outside of designed runs for Justin Fields, like what's, what's your biggest thing that you're looking for out of this game, out of the offense specifically? Allen Robinson targeting Allen Robinson. That, that, that's that. the number one thing I'm looking for. I already talked to you about well, all this hammering this. about Jimmy Graham. And now yeah. you're going the opposite way. Well, to Allen Robinson. Well, no, I didn't want to, I didn't want to reiterate about Jimmy Graham. I mean, that's that, that was already a point I made, but let's, you know, Allen Robinson, I think the last time we played Vegas, uh, he, he scored a touchdown. He might've scored two that came in a real good game back when Chase Daniel was the quarterback they played in London. Uh, you remember that game? I, I think he had, I don't remember if he had one or two touchdowns. Somebody scored once. And it was a really nice play. Um, but like I, I talked about the secondary, they're injured, they're down. Allen Robinson has been getting the targets, but his yards per catch has been really good. This is the perfect time to get into that rhythm with, we know that connection is there. It exists between Darna Mooney and Justin Fields. Let, let's get that connection even stronger between Justin Fields and Allen Robinson. Let's target him a whole lot, especially in the red zone too. Red zone slant route. Allen Robinson has been one of your most successful plays in the past years. You know what I mean? Uh, but also look for him, you know, intermediate routes. I feel like a lot of, uh, we, we finally saw it last week with that 20 yard route to the out to the outside mm-hmm. to Allen Robinson, or probably a little bit further than that. I think he had think one other one too. And, like yeah. That. 23. And then there's that one up the middle as well. Uh, and that's the range where Justin Fields, you know, thrives is 10 to 20 and, you know, 20 to 30, those areas. Whereas the, the first few weeks and even, you know, the first game uh, with Justin, it was Allen Robinson, five yard, you know, curl route, hitch route, mm-hmm. slant route. Let, let's get him in the middle of the field. And that's exactly where, you know, the, the most open portion of the field is, is right in the middle. Obviously, everybody knows that most of the time, especially against like cover two. Get after that. Hit him in the middle. I'm looking for Allen Robinson to have a huge day. I'm got it's maybe tied into my bold prediction later. Maybe just maybe Um, you have to go after him. You have to build that connection, that rapport with him. That that's, they're going to have a bigger day. Him and him and Allen Robinson, Justin Allen Robinson going to have a bigger day than him and Darna Mooney this week. So, okay. So let's say Robinson doesn't get as many yards, but he gets a touchdown. Does that consider, would you consider that? Let's say, yeah. cause Mooney had what? 125 yards. If Robinson gets yeah. 95 yards and a touchdown, is that quote unquote a bigger day or does he have to cl- yes. cross the 100 mark? No, it's a bigger day. Touchdowns okay. are important. Well, yes, obviously touchdowns and points are, we love touchdowns because we, we love- never get them in Chicago. We'll take <laughs> we're, every, we we're take deprived. every touchdown we can get. We're deprived of touchdowns. So, <laughs> No, I mean, I agree with you. Allen Robinson, if you want to be a playoff team, Allen Robinson is going to be a big part of that. I mean, just to answer my own question, not only Allen Robinson, but just a diversification. We talked about on Monday how Fields had just over 200 yards and 120 of them came from Mooney. Like, you need to spread the ball around a little more. And that'll come from throwing more, obviously. You know, more than 17 times and more than 11 completions. But, again, if you want to be a playoff team, you need to start establishing – other guys, we need signs of life from Cole Komet. We need signs of life from Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird. We need signs of life from Jimmy Graham. Like all these guys do need to be active more. And, you know, the play calling has to get them involved more because if you're just going to rely on Darnell Mooney and Al Robinson, eventually the better teams are going to key in on that and you're going to be screwed then. So, yeah, I, I mean, you need some diversification with the offense, but we've, we've hammered that home a, a lot. Um, defensively, though, I want to get into this a little bit before Let's we get go. into our segments. I like this. I mean, Derek Carr, I mean, we talk, he's passing yards leader. He's been playing really well. Granted, this is probably the best defense he's faced. I, I think the Bears are better yeah. than Pittsburgh. Obviously, the Pittsburgh has the better singular player, but I, I think overall, eh. I mean, it's not, not this year. Not this year. I don't think TJ Watt has more than two sacks. Okay, but okay. But I would say overall, I, I feel like, and like, Sure. Last year, TJ Watt was better. I feel like end of the year, TJ Watt will still probably be better. But regardless, I think this is probably the best defense that Derek Carr will be facing overall. And it's a little scary because, I mean, your defensive backs. I mean, somebody in the comments said if number four isn't shadowing Darren Waller all night, then Sean Desai is a failure or something. That's not true at all. I do not want Eddie Jackson covering Darren Waller at all. No. I would much rather have Jalen Johnson on Darren Waller. Well, yeah, I mean, Jalen, uh, that will probably only happen a 
few times and in the red zone. But Khalil Mack be able to even only Roquan points. Smith I'd rather have on Waller. Yeah. I do not, not want Eddie yeah, Jackson on Terran Waller. Roquan Smith. That's what I meant. Also, I, I was fucking wrong. TJ Watt has five sacks and two forced fumbles. So yes, he is the better player, uh, a better singular player. I was stupid for. I didn't think he was. I thought he was injured, so I didn't think he had that many sacks. But Kevin, uh, okay. anyway, that's, yeah, that's what I'm here for it's, to help you. Yeah, I'm here to help you. Thank you. I appreciate that, buddy. I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, Waller scares you, but really, if I'm being completely honest, he's really the only offensive threat on oh, the yeah. team that scares Nobody me. else scares. I mean, Henry Ruggs can blow the top off your defense at some point. Josh Jacobs has been terrible. Vegas offense is second to last in the NFL in rushing yards per attempt. They're allowing three sacks per game. And if you watch the Chargers versus the Raiders on Monday Night Football, Joey Bosa was having a damn field day. They got some issues of left tackle, and, the, and both of their tackle spots are very vulnerable. And the way this Bears defense has been playing leading the nfl in sacks i have every reason to believe they're gonna put a little bit of pressure on Derek carr get after him a little bit mm-hmm. so you know limit the deep play Derek carr and, and that raiders offense like they they like to go deep they like to hit that big old you know deep ball to henry ruggs and and, and you know brian edwards at times and then darren waller and, and things like that that's where i think you know you know they can and based on what we've seen so far this year the bears have been better at limiting you know, deep ball blaze after the first two weeks and after week one, especially sure. uh, there, there hasn't been too many explosive plays that have really struck, you know, stuck out to me. Yeah. So that, that that's where it starts, because I I, I mean, I think they'll stifle this front seven I, or, or stifle the rushing attack. I think the front seven will stifle the rushing attack of the, of the Raiders. They don't pose a legitimate threat to me. But you have to look at the injury report. Akeem Hicks did not practice yeah. with that groin. Khalil Mack, I think, is going to play, did not practice because of uh, uh what was it? it was a foot sprain and then there was something else ribs well, there was ribs so yeah that we was saw weird. that last week though didn't practice it's, it's one of those things where you know don't push anything let him get healthy he'll play on sunday i'm not worried about that but um they should dominate they should dominate in the trenches that front seven's too good against this oakland uh you know offensive line is extremely vulnerable yeah well so that's the thing that's oakland me. god damn it vegas sorry <laughs> Keep the, amount of, the amount of people on the on the injury report as well as Akeem Hicks still dealing with that groin. Like you said, Khalil Mack, yeah. I do expect Khalil Mack to play. There's no reason to push him. Um, it does suck that he's not practicing and he's already back in the spot where he's probably not operating a hundred percent for what the third year in a row now. Uh, but Tayshawn Gibson senior full practice, Eddie Goldman didn't appear on it at all, which I think we can take to mean he practiced in full with no limitations, which is big, especially if Akeem Hicks is out. So but also Joel Iggy appeared on there, which isn't great. Um, but you did get Tayshawn Gibson it senior back. Matter. What do you mean? It matters. I mean, it matters. I know, I know the rushing oh, attack sucks. Matter. The rushing attack sucks. I I agree with you. But it's always better to have your top guys in than not. Like, yeah, Robert Quinn's been playing awesome. And if Quinn Max not at 100%, okay, Robert Quinn has been picking up some of that slack. Okay, yeah, Alec Ogletree's been playing well. And, you know, Joel Iggy's a backup anyway, so you might not miss him as much. But – it's still, I mean, Akeem Hicks, we've talked about over and over how he's irreplaceable on this offense. Eddie Goldman getting getting him back. Yeah. Fingers crossed that you get him back and he doesn't pop back up there tomorrow. But I, obviously getting him back is big. And Mario Edwards continues to kind of get, you know, back up to speed. And uh, what's his face? Um, Tonga? Blackson? No, 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 no. Nichols? Uh, God, who am I? Front, front seven? Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Wait, Gibson? Is that who I'm thinking of? Sean Gibson's safety. No, um, yeah. God, Travis. Who? Travis Gibson, yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Travis Gibson, if he gets, you know, he had a good game against the Lions last week. So, if he gets, if he starts to build up a little bit in his second Let's year, go. that's big. But, I mean, it, it's just, because also when I look at this injury report, it just sucks, like, thinking about it for the rest of the year. You know, it's week five. And yeah. Akeem Hicks has been on the injured list almost every week. It feels like Cleo Mack's been down there almost every week. Eddie Goldman, this is his first week not appearing on there. So it's just like, can't we just have a little bit of, you know, can we make it to like the second half of the season before guys start randomly popping up on the injury report? Cause obviously it's the NFL and guys are going to be injured and banged up, but it's week five. Like, can we get a little bit of a break here? Would be nice, wouldn't it? It would be nice to get a it little would. bit of a break, but it, it could be worse. It really could be worse. Knock on wood. Uh, you know, you're dealing with a lot of little things, a lot of things that aren't. They might linger, but aren't gonna. You know, for sure, we you know are for sure out for three to five weeks or so, other than Dave mm-hmm. Montgomery and you know the few guys you have an IR from the start. 
that being Tariq Cohen and Danny Trevathan, you're fine where you're at with that injury list. I'm not too worried about it. And I already talked about how the fact that, you know, Eddie Goldman played last week, and I think it was evident, you know, how that front seven can still be dominant without Akeem Hicks. And I we're at that point. He's not as influential as he once was. With Eddie Goldman healthy, with, you know, Mario Edwards and Bilal Nichols there, you're going to be able to live without him for as long as he may be out. So I'm not worried about the injury report. It doesn't press me too much. Um, let's do a little game, though. You want to play a little game, Jake? Let's play, let's play a little, little game. game. Now, a new game. Uh, we haven't done a game in a while. We're going to play Who You Got. All right? So we, we're going to play, uh, you know, give two players here. And then Jake and I are going to choose who we got of those two players, who on Sunday will have the better game, uh, you know, who will be more productive, more efficient, just overall have the better game. We're going to start. I, I I did this one already, but I want to throw it to you. Mooney or Robinson, who you got to have the better game on Sunday? I mean, I have to go Mooney just because of the wow. the – just because of the clear rapport he has with Justin Fields already, and Justin Fields clearly is already looking his way. So I, okay. I'm willing to bet, yeah, I know Allen Robinson, they want to get him the ball more, and they need to get him the ball more, and he's probably itching for a little more production. But you can't beat that natural chemistry with Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney that they've been building, that they had been building in practice, and that they've been building so far in the games that Justin Fields has played too. So I'm going to go Mooney. But, I mean, I, that doesn't mean I think Mooney's going to blow him out of the water like he did last week. Like it, it could be close, but I still think Mooney will have the better game at the end of the day. Okay. that's I mean, that's totally valid. I mean, based off of evidence, that is that is the, the safer pick for who you got. This one is uh, – people are going to find this a little controversial, but I honestly think it's closer than what people might think. Khalil Herbert or Artavis Pierce, who you got? Khalil Herbert. Or I mean, I mean, we're going we're going just from rushing, right? Not we're not including special teams, obviously. Yeah, no, just rushing. Now, I now Herbert still. I, I would probably go Herbert too, but again, don't sleep on our boy Artavis. All right, our boy Artavis can run a little bit. Our boy Artavis got a little bit of burst, a little bit of speed. He can get out there, all right? Uh, and, and you know, the weird thing about rushing is, you know, if a guy's got the hot hand, he he pulls off a twenty yard carry at some point. It's like, okay, let, let's let's. Let's go with that guy. I mean, I I think they'll each probably see like five carries, and then you'll yeah, see. Yeah, they're not. You know, they're not going to get a ton of work. No, but what yeah, those five could be the defense of the game, Jake. You never yeah. freaking know. Um, let's go to the defense. This one, I, I, I you could flip a coin uh, about this. Who you got to have the better game against this Raiders offense and this air raid offense that they present? The John Gruden offense. Uh, you know, we're gonna throw down the field, 2,000 yards, all this great stuff. Derek Carr leads the league in passing. I guess the cornerbacks are going to be a little bit tested, and we haven't really talked about that, and it's not just Jan Johnson, but Kendall Vildor or Duke Shelley? Who has the better game on Sunday? It's hard to say because you have seen barely anything from both, and I guess barely anything is good because they're not getting exposed, but Duke Shelley made a good tackle last week. Remember he made one good open field tackle. I mean, I guess Shelley just because – yeah, I mean, I guess because there's Shelley no reasoning. Had the better... I mean, you know, like yeah, I mean, I guess because Shelley had the better game last year, I'll go him. And I mean, realistically, who's he going to be covering? Like Hunter Renfro, maybe a little bit of Darren Hunter. Waller, but not really. But I mean, Kendall Vildor will probably be on Henry Ruggs, maybe. I don't like. I, I guess so. It's like I guess Shelley. But I, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because we haven't seen much from either of them except what, you know, week one burned in my brain is, you know, Kendall Vilder getting burned. So I guess Shelly because recency bias, but I don't feel great okay. about either of those. No, you don't. And that's why I thought they would go after Stefan Gilmore today. I did. And the Bears ended up getting him for six round pick. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. Bears gave a six round pick, 2023 six round pick earlier uh, on Tuesday for Jakeem Grant, a returner from Miami, which I really like. I really do. I mean, th- this this organization, this franchise loves their kick returners, as we know. When not only was it Devin Hester, but it was a few years later. Cordero well, also Patrick because they haven't been town. able to find one. That's why they love trying out so many because they haven't found. Yeah, one that's true. They haven't. Well, they had one in Cordero Patterson. It was an All Pro, I think. Both yeah. years. Yes. Fair. But uh, as a punt, ret- punt returner is different because once yeah. Tariq went out, you, you kind of were lost in that area. And, and I think that's, I think Jakeem's coming in punt returner. 
believe. I mean, Khalil Herbert has looked pretty freaking good, honestly, on kick returns. Yes. He's, he's looked real good. Um, but Jakeem Grant, I don't know. I mean, maybe bold prediction. Maybe he rips one off. You know, punt return touchdown. He's certainly better than Simba Webster, who is allergic to returning the, a punt yeah. for his life. Couldn't get after it. He got cut. He got weighed. Um, so that should be fun, too. Uh, that's all I got for who you got. I don't know if you have any other players there. All right, well, I, I got, I got, I got a couple, so I got one. Okay. Justin Fields or Derek Carr? Yeah. So I knew this one was going to come up. Um, I'm going to go, God, I'm going to go Justin Fields. Of course. Go, you I'm, wanted, I'm go you Justin wanted Fields. to go the other way. Yeah. I saw you don't feel good about saying it. No, 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 no. I wanted to go. I wanted to go the other way, but I, I, I do think that the pressure presented to Derek Carr from a, you know, not mental pressure, physical pressure from that defensive front is going to have an impact on. Him. I mean, I, I watched that Chargers game, and I really can't get that out of my mind. I mean, they were getting after him play after play, and it really affected, you know, the way he wanted to operate on offense. They scored only fourteen points. I want to check his stats. Um, Raiders versus Chargers. I want to see what he had overall. Well, Joey Bosa said after the game that uh, that Derek Carr can't handle pressure, and if you pressure him a little bit, he crumbles. He said that. Joey Bosa said that. He said that right after the game. What can I? Well, there you go. I mean, I mean, wow. That that's telling. So you have the team that leads the league in sacks coming to to Vegas with a little bit of injuries on the offensive line, a little bit of you know questions there and Derek Carr last week 21 for 34 196 yards two touchdowns one interception those aren't gaudy numbers those aren't great numbers I mean you th- think if the Bears didn't run the ball three times in the red zone against the Lions Justin Fields could have very well had three touchdowns uh, you know in 200 yards and 11 for 17 that stat line could have been a lot better than what Derek Carr put up against the Chargers so I don't think it's outrageous for me to say Justin Fields is a little bit biased a thousand percent I'll own up to that uh a thousand percent I mean I, it's hard not to be excited about it still uh and that's where I'm gonna go but I mean, shit, with, with the, the, the injuries they have in the secondary, the connection you've seen, that deep ball ability, and the more targets for Justin Fields and hopefully opportunities in the red zone now for Justin, I don't think it's outrageous to say he goes 253 touchdowns and Derek Carr does something the same or less. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Carr just because I don't know what your game plan is going to be. You know, I, I just don't know. Offensive game gonna, plan? Yeah, like I, I just don't know how much they're going to let Justin throw. You know what I mean? Or, you know, I – right. You know, we've seen one atrocious game and we've seen one pretty good game against a terrible team. So that that that's just my thing. I don't know if they're going to just go run, 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 run again or if they're going to try and let it fly a little bit. So I'm going to go Carr just because he is the passing leader. He's kind of in the fringes of that MVP conversation four weeks in. So, I mean, I just have to go through the whole season sample size with Carr. But I do think Justin Fields has the potential to have a really, really good game here. And I'm sure that'll come up in our bold predictions. So I'll give one more who you got. Khalil Mack in the revenge game or the best defensive player on the Bears right now, Robert Quinn. Uh, I want to go. I want to go Mack because of the revenge. You want to go Mack so, so bad. Yeah. I, I want to go Mack so bad. Just, like, again, this might be more logical to say Quinn, especially with Mack thing with the injuries. But there, there was a storyline this past offseason about John Gruden, quote unquote, crying. Uh, at the time of the and crying and happiness, tears of joy when they traded Mack because of the amount of uh, wads of cash that they got uh, at that time. Apparently, that's a, a, a rumor or something. I don't know if Mack is, is aware of that, notices that. Maybe, you know, I, I, but there was also rumors that they want to trade back for him. So I don't know if there's really animosity between those two. But I feel like the first time it was in London. It wasn't a real revenge game. Now he goes back to Vegas, you know, or although he really only played in Oakland when he was there. But you know what? He goes after the fan base. I don't know. I got to go with the story. I got to go with the revenge game. I got to go Khalil Mack. Uh, that's, I, I got to rock with it. I got to rock with the story, lots, man. I, I kind of want to go with Khalil Mack, too, just because he didn't have a great game against the last time against the Raiders. He yeah, only had exactly. three tackles, I mean. no sacks. He recovered a fumble, yeah. but I mean, whatever. Right. So I kind of want to go Mack, too, but. I would. I mean, I, I think the answer is both because I would love to see Robert Quinn continue to play really well for the fifth week in a row. But um, yeah, I'll go Mac there too. Uh, as far as that, let's do some bold predictions really quick. Let's hear Justin Fields one. I know it's coming. 
What I did, I no, I actually didn't. I didn't. I didn't have. Come I on, have a Justin Fields one. I don't. I don't have a Justin Fields. All right. Well, prediction. okay. I'll I'll say I'll say one then though because I do have a Justin Fields one. I think Justin Fields finally gets into the end zone. I I think he finally passes for a touchdown and gets that yeah, first passing TD as a starter. I don't know if that's bold, but I'll say he gets two TDs, one on the yes. ground and one through the air. Okay. Okay. That's that. Okay. Fair enough. That's bold. I'm going Bears score 35. Damien Williams scores twice. Jimmy Graham scores and A-Rob scores. And then the, the fifth one is missing. I was going to say, so that's 28. You're missing one. Yeah. Uh, uh, just for shits and gigs, I'll go Marquise Goodwin. Because we like okay. to have a little fun out here. So Damien Williams scores twice. Jimmy Graham scores twice. Bears offense has a field day. Again, the defense of the Vegas has allowed over 27 points in three out of four games. I don't think it's outrageous to say the Bears scored 35. I don't think it's outrageous to say Damien Williams scores twice, especially with their uh, you know, r- real willingness to run when they've been oh, inside yeah. the 10-yard line. Uh, those opportunities are going to be there. Damien Williams scored last week. Uh, you know, If he's the lead back, likely he scored twice. Jimmy Graham, I already talked about that, and A-Rob, I already talked about that. So I don't know how bold it is either, but <laughs> someone uh, put together a parlay of Jimmy Graham anytime touchdown score, A-Rob anytime touchdown score, and Damian Williams two-touchdown score, two-time two touchdown score, and you might win yourself a little bit of money. If you remember, history of this podcast, we have won people some money in the past. So, have, you know, maybe maybe, maybe maybe a little, little, little shout-out, you know, maybe you should, uh, maybe you should put some money on that. That's I, I'll go what, one uh, more. Yeah, I'll, I'll go one more. I think the Bears get I, – I think the takeaways continue for the Bears. I don't know how bold this is, but just a side note if you want to call that. But I think the Bears do get a, another – I think they keep it going. I think they pressured the Lions a lot, got some help with the turnovers last week. But I think it continues. I think this defense is going to continue building confidence. And I'm going to say it. I, I say it every now and then. Eddie Jackson interception. Let's do it. Let's – Let's lock it in. Eddie Jackson gets an interception. He gets back on the train, starts playing like the guy we know he can be, and starts playing like that safety we paid all that money to. So I'll say Eddie Jackson gets an interception as my final one as well. All right. Well, again, you got to be consistent because for those who listen to this show know that the Bears are 10-0 and when Eddie Jackson records yep. an interception. So thus by the transitive property, uh, if Jake is – I don't even know if that's a transitive property. If Jake is picking Eddie Jackson to – to get an interception, he must choose the Bears to win, and that's that's how it works. So, <laughs> all let's right, go so, right, so let's so let's you get, lead it off. You lead all right, it off. so so let's get to the game predictions. The Bears going to Vegas, three oh five Central Time game. Uh, they are currently opening on FanDuel Sportsbook as five and a half point dogs. They are plus two oh five on the money line, which I think is a decent amount, a little bit of value there. But five and a half, getting five and a half points against the Raiders, I I think ooh, I think you win this game. I do think you win this game. I think you oh, win this Jake. game. I'm going to say you win this game 31-27. I do think you get four touchdowns. I think you get a, a field goal too. Cairo Santos keeps getting work. He keeps his streak going, I think. But 31-27, I think you win this game. I think it's going to have to be high scoring. Like I've said all week, I've been saying this since last week, you're going to have to score points against the Raiders because they're going to score points. I know our defense is good, but Derek Carr has been good. This offense has been good for the Raiders, so you're going to have to outscore them. You can't just win on your defense alone. I think finally the offense gives the defense some, some break and says, all right, you know, we got this. And I think the first, the second start of Justin Fields' career, I think it's better. I think he continues to make those strides. I think Bill Lazor gives him a little bit more to play with. I think the Bears win this one 31-27 on the road. Get above 500 for the first time this year. Let's go, Jake. I am I like that as well. You know, it feels like in, in the past few years the Bears haven't had a statement win. You know, you know one of those, well, that's not true. The statement win against the Buccaneers last year. I was that was absolutely say, yeah. a statement win. But have haven't been too many of them. Let's say there haven't been too many of them. Sure. I can't really think of one in 2019. Um I don't know if you consider this a statement win, uh, but it, it's close. It's close. It's a, it would they, be a big and, win. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, part of that, like if you do face a team that you don't think is like even that great, if you still beat them by a good margin, like if you beat the Raiders by, you know, 10 to 14 points, that's a statement win partially because they have a winning record partially because you beat them by a large margin. Um, well, it'd also be your first road win too. You lost in LA right. and you lost in Cleveland. Right. So that's and, good and, too. And, yeah, and these two teams have been or, or this team has been very different on the road versus mm-hmm. at home. Um I'm going to go Bears 
I, I think as I make a loud noise. I I I really like the 31-27. I, I almost like that prediction better, but I have to stick to my guns with 35 points scored with the bold prediction. So I can't shy away from that. And the Bears defense have been so bender break. Like they really haven't been that good in between the twenties. Uh, you know, like really, even against Detroit, they're moving yeah. the ball on them. But once you get inside the red zone, they have a 33% opponent red zone scoring percentage. Teams aren't scoring them in the red zone. Teams aren't scoring on them inside the 10. Uh, you know, not every game is Jared Goff going to let the ball bounce off of his you know, shoulder pad into the hands of Bylaw Nichols. But uh, this is a bend, don't break defense. I mean, we this is yeah. what it's been since really 2019. And then the turnovers come. I think they hold into field goals. And I think, I, I really think, the, the offense could explode, Jake. They they really could explode. This could be the statement game. And I it, it's just, I don't know. I It's bold. It's a bold prediction. It's probably a little bit far-fetched. I know it's not the most accurate, most, you know, realist prediction. But if you know me, this is what I do. 35-23, let's get it. Yeah, I mean, we're both on the wins. I think we're both just looking for that development of Justin Fields and of the offense. because, And even that bend don't break mentality. I mean, eventually that'll bite you in the ass. We've seen it bite you in the ass before. So they'll have to stop that eventually and have to you know kind of lock it down. But yeah, I mean, if your offense can keep up, I mean, that'll win you games. So that's all you're looking for. Bill Lazor, Justin Fields. Week two, let's let them cook. Let's let, you know, let's just see it. Let's see the exciting plays. It was good to see the exciting plays last week. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep the good vibes rolling. And, you know, let's let's stack another win and get on a, a little win streak coming into the Packers game. So, you know, we're both on the Bears and in an upset win on the road. First road win. And back in the win column. And first time over 500 this season. So we will talk to you guys about it on Monday. We'll be back to break down that game break down what we both think is going to be a Bears win. So until then, you all take it easy. Take care of yourselves. We care about you guys. And we want you to come back. Yes. So come back Monday. We'll break it all down. I'll be here. Kevin will be here. We hope you guys will be here. You know, we know you'll be here. And then we'll all break it down together. And we'll all be happy about Justin Fields and Bill Lazor (laughs) together. So come back Monday for the statement win over the Raiders. And we'll talk to you then. So until then, bear down.